welcome back to the Saturday Sports Show. Time now to go back in time with On This Day. Now, on this day in 2003, the UEFA Cup quarter-final between Celtic and Liverpool billed as the Battle of Britain took place. And there was a little bit more focus on something that happened off the field. Senegalese striker El Hadj Diouf was signed by Liverpool during his country's historic run to the World Cup quarter-finals the year before. Now he tumbled into the crowd during that first leg tie. Somebody in the crowd ruffled his hair. He turned round and spat in the face of that supporter. The furious reaction from the fans was so intense that he had to be substituted and taken down the tunnel by a police escort for his own protection. Juve was fined two weeks wages by Liverpool, then managed by Gerard Houllier, and also a donation was made to a charity of Celtic's choice. Uh, he was also fined £5,000 by the Glasgow Sheriff Court. Of course, later in his career, Juve was found to have spat at a number of opponents, including Portsmouth's Ian Dizieu and also Matt Gilks at Blackpool when he was a Doncaster Rovers player. He would never score for Liverpool again. Back in 2001, Whitby Town were taking on Frickley Athletic on this day, the 13th of March. It was a 2-2 draw at the Turnbull ground, and I asked Whitby Town centre-half Kev Graham his memories of the game. Um, well, I think Frickley were really struggling at the time, and I think they were they were on on a bit of a run. I think Rico, Steve Richards had got had got the job there, and had uh, had got them fired up and organised and playing. They were, they were a pretty physical team. You know, uh, even even well, I don't think I've ever played against the Frickley side that didn't mix it. And um, yeah, it was it was a pretty physical game, um, which is great for me to be honest, because you know, it was there was a lot delivered in the air, and uh, that was you know that, that was the kind of game where I probably came to the fore. Um, but yeah, they they were definitely up for it. They were, you know, I think we heard them as they were coming out out of the changing rooms, and um, yeah, we knew we were going to be in for a game. Indeed, um, and Steve Richards, of course, a, a Scarborough connection there, one of the, the promoted players under Neil Warnock back in the 80s, the first side promoted from the conference, famously. Yeah, no, I think Rick, I think Rico was one of um, one of one of Neil Warnock's sort of stalwarts in the centre half, um, probably skipped quite a bit as well, I think. And um, yeah, he's uh, I mean he's, he's someone who I. I I, I went on to, to, to know to get to know really well because I, I was a skipper at Goul. Um so I went there from Whitby, um, and, and a few of the lads who played for Frickley that night ended up being my teammates because he brought them with him. Um, so yeah, no, he's, he's, uh, I think he, you know, r- rightly so, he's, he's well thought of in Scarborough, and um, I'm still I'm still you know in contact with uh, with Rico these days. Indeed, uh, and some familiar names in that that Whitby Town lineup. Some uh, some legends at the club like David Campbell at the back, and uh, and people like Lee Ludlow leading the line. And of course, uh, within the year, it will be a Whitby Town side that will play in the first round proper of the FA Cup. Yes, yeah, no, it was a good, it was a good side, a good side. Just just looking back at the at the, the team we had out that night, I think uh, I mean Logie scored shock. He, 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 I don't, I think he was probably the highest scoring left back ever um, I've ever come across. He's just unbelievable set pieces. Um, but yeah, it was good, good side. Ludders was a brilliant centre forward, a brilliant real sniff of a, of a of a goal scorer. But yeah, top top class goal scorer. And um, as you say, we went on to have a, a pretty good pretty good cup run the, the following season 
um, or later in the year as it was. Um, but yeah, it was good, good, really good team, really good team with some some good lads in there, Kenny Cramer and and Mark Eccles. Who didn't, neither of them stayed with the club for for that long, to be fair. But they were both top class players, great left foot. Fantastic, yeah, and 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 some players that, that that as you say didn't necessarily stick around for that that FA Cup run that followed. Uh, Kenny Crammer next gates head, there uh, as you yeah. mentioned, Anthony March as well at centre half. Uh, yeah, you would have played directly alongside. Yeah, Marchy, Marchy was Marchy played more in midfield generally. I'm not sure where, where, where he played that night, but um, uh, yeah, I mean Kenny Crammer was a top class. You, you, you know, for me. That was my first full season at, at Whitby, and when you play next to lads like Kenny Cramer, he was he was an England semi-pro international with Gateshead, and he'd, he'd gone for big money to Rushton and Diamond as well. So when he came to us, you know, you knew you were in good company, and he was a good signing, a real quality ball player, probably coming towards the end of his career. And I think, um, yeah, I think we we found I found found a few good lads to follow in season, and, and he moved on. But um, yeah, top 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 side. And of course, you also have people like Danny Key who like to to put his foot in a bit of a terrier in the middle of the park. Yeah, Key's Dan, Danny Key was a great lad. Danny Danny's a, a top boy. I haven't seen him for a long time, but um, he was brilliant, brilliant lad. Really popular with everyone. Always popular with the fans as well. Because, like you say, he, he he got stuck in. He was all action, and uh, yeah, he, he loved to put his foot in in midfield. Um, yeah, he was a top top man, Danny. And uh, as we say, the, the big FA Cup run followed that uh, November, uh, Plymouth Argyle, the match of the day cameras, uh, uh, and of course, uh, uh, a victory over Scarborough as well in the fourth qualifying round, uh, which uh, obviously from a, a local point of view was very exciting for, for Whitby supporters. Uh, I mean, was there any sort of inkling of, of that being on the horizon the season before? Did you feel something was brewing? Um, I don't know really. I mean, I, th- I think whenever whenever we played against top sides, whether it was maybe pre-season or or whatever, you, you know, we we had a competitive team. I mean, if you think about the sides you played against, your Accrington Stanleys, your Burtons, you know, that, them kind of sides, the Barrows, you know, we, we we could mix it with top top sides who, who would either had been conference sides or went on to be conference sides. So anytime anytime you, you get an half decent draw, and you, if you get a couple of couple of reasonable you know, home draws or reasonable sort of draws in the first first. Well, it used to be, I think, the second qualifying round. But in that around that that stage of the competition, you knew you had half a chance of just. You know, you, you probably only needed to to play one side, one really decent side, to get through to uh, the fourth qualifying round or even the first round. So it was. It, we always felt like we we belonged in the late stage of the qualifying rounds. We were good enough to. And I, I remember when we got beat by Easington. I think the year before. Um, that was a, a big shock, and um, you know I think Harry came under a bit of pressure because Easington were, you know, they were kind of mid-table Northern League at best, and uh, we should have gone there and beaten them. To be honest, we were a better side than them, but they, they battled and we didn't battle enough that day. And um, yeah, you can you can come unstuck and and find a banana skin at early doors, but if you get through that, then yeah, you you you, you always think you've got off a chance. I think everyone thinks that the FA Cup is your, your chance to kind of put yourself, if you're a player, to put yourself on the. Uh, you know, on the radar for for bigger clubs and and for the club in general to put itself on the in in the media for you know more national coverage. 
it's interesting you mentioned Burton Albion. I remember the two games against them very well. They they played at their old their old ground. They hadn't moved to the Pirelli Stadium. They're at the Eaton Park. Yeah. We played against them the first time, Whitby Town, and uh, a heavy defeat that day. But I think most of the goals came in the second half. And after we we had a uh, we didn't have the usual goalkeeper in there. It was a it was a controversial outing. Let's put it that way, wasn't it? It was. It was. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know. Where, I don't know if Gucci was playing that day, or if he was, he was fit that day, or whatever. But um, I, I ended up going in goal because Nezi got injured. And um, yeah, managed to ship. <laughs> I think we got beat five-one, and uh, yeah, we, it, it kicked off in the change rooms afterwards as well. Harry wasn't happy, and we had a bit of a set too. And uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the best day to be fair. But Burton were a brilliant, brilliant side. I mean, to be fair, the game we played at home against them when we drew one-one, um, we, we, it was a real kick in the kick in, kick in the you know what's because uh, they equalised about the ninety-seventh minute, um, which. Probably to this day, in a league game, was probably the best. I would have thought the best side Whitby's ever played against. Um, to be fair, because they were, you know, Nigel Clough and and uh, Christian Moore and Darren, uh, Darren Stride and you know, top players who went on. Aaron Webster largely went on to to see them through the conference and up into the football league. Um, and it was uh, it was a hell of a, a hell of a team. So for us to for us to get a point against them um, was a big result for us. And I think we played the game with with ten men as well. Was after they had one of the uh, one of the cars heading up to the game uh, was involved in an accident. So I think did did Whitby not play that game with, with uh, just just ten men for ninety minutes? Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. Well, I, I don't know. I think it was ninety minutes. I think we, we had a young lad called Ross Marchin who was on loan from Sunderland, and he he got injured. I think early and on in the game, and we didn't have any substitutes because I think Robbo. Robo Robo had been in a car crash, or that they'd been they'd been three or four in a car, and they'd been it was a terrible terrible day, and they're coming over from uh, from the borough um, over the tops so that they'd been in an accident, they ended up in a ditch or something. So yeah, you're right. We we, we well we we played a lot of the game with ten men, so that it would have been you know as I say, I, I can't imagine, I don't think since there's ever been a, a probably a better league a better, you know, better league side play a league match at, at Whitby, um, and and like I say, we were. We were seconds away from beating them one nil. Um, so, yeah, I remember it was it was. I mean, something to be proud of, I suppose, in some respects. But at the time, it, it didn't feel like something to be proud of when you when you concede a goal that way. That was Kev Graham, former centre half at Whitby Town, looking back on this day to 2001. Later this hour, talking of Whitby Town, we'll be speaking to the Whitby Town skipper Danny Rowe as he signs a new contract with the Seasiders. But before that, Scabra legend Darren Foreman takes us back to 1993.